Static. I'm Cameron. I'm Jackson. Welcome back, guys. This is season two, episode twelve. Episode twelve. <laughs> this is the Bruce Bowen episode. Uh, Spurs fans will get it. it. Must have been number twelve or something. I want to reiterate: this is the Bruce Bowen episode, not the Lamarcus Aldridge episode. Um. So, uh, we are a couple weeks away, or like a couple days away. From the first round of the NBA playoffs. The play-in starts tomorrow. We're recording this on the night of the 17th, which is right before the East play-in games. Yes, sir. The East play-in games are tomorrow. Uh, the season wrapped up on Sunday, which was yesterday. And what we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about the play-in, first round predictions. We're going to give out our regular season awards. And then we're briefly going to address... Uh, the phenomenal Hall of Fame class that was inducted over the weekend. Um, it's a beautiful class. So let's get into it. Uh, on Sunday, after much stress and a lot of scenarios going the right and wrong way for teams, the play-in and playoffs have been locked. Solidified. So... Um, I'm going to read the 1 through 10 teams in the East, and Jackson will read the 1 through 10 teams in the West. So, finishing on top of the Eastern Conference was Philadelphia. The Philadelphia 76ers, who thought, I thought they were going to slip. I said that on our two early uh, predictions way back in October. And I just want to say that I underestimated Doc Rivers, Joel Embiid, and Ben Simmons. Congratulations. Uh, I think that that's really uh, motivating for their morale, considering what happened last year and all that. But people forget that Ben Simmons was injured in the first round last year. Number two, uh, and surprisingly, but maybe not that surprisingly, since they had a lot of injuries, Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn Nets finished one game behind them at 48-24. and 24. Third, we had the Milwaukee Bucks, which is right around where I thought they would finish. And the New York Knicks finished fourth. Now, in the two, early, the two early predictions, I had them at fifth. But I was, like, taking a long shot. You know what I mean? And I just want to say that the Knicks have shocked everybody. And Julius Randle has been outstanding. Phenomenal. Uh, Derek Rose looks like Derek Rose from 2011. He looks composed. Uh, and, composed and he knows a little bit. How more about... I, I think uh, he's, like, slowed down in, like, a good Preserving way. his body, yeah. yeah. Uh Atlanta at five, Miami at six. We'll get into why I think Atlanta or Miami fell to six. Boston finishes at five hundred with a thirty-six and thirty-six record. Kind of shocking. And then to top things off, like a couple days back, they uh, lost Jalen Brown. He like broke his thumb, broke a finger or something. And then eighth, Washington Wizards. That's pretty. Pretty crazy considering they were once like the worst team in the league. <laughs> yeah. Their second half of the season was crazy. 
Uh, Russell Westbrook's been playing like an MVP these past couple He's months. An animal. And, 38 uh, triple doubles. Let's just put it this way. I don't want to play him or Bradley Beal in the plan. No, he's looking he's looking hot. And then the final two teams at nine and ten. Uh neither of these teams I think are gonna actually make the plan or make the play like win the plan. Uh we got Indiana and Charlotte. So that's who we got for the East. Moving over to the West. All right, for the West, number one, Utah. Fifty two and twenty. Yeah, not bad. They're that's pretty good. They look they look like uh, solid and like fluid. I'm not terribly surprised though. I, I knew I mean, they were going to be a really good regular season team. Yeah. Um, however, number two, the Suns. The Suns. Chris Paul. He's, unreal. He's a goat. Changes franchises. He took. He uh, changes players. He took OKC to a competitive first round series against Houston last year. And what he's doing with Phoenix is just absolutely next level. Unreal. He's, he's definitely up there. He's top ten his knowledge. Point guards of all time. Oh, easy. Number three, we got Denver the Nuggets. Denver Nuggets at forty-seven and twenty-five, which are they're tied with they're the tied Lake, with the Clippers. Yeah, so three and four tied. Um, four, I guess, four of the Clippers. Fifth, that's right that's where I had Dallas Mavs. So that's a good that's a good spot to be in. I just want to note also that the three and four have the same record, and then five, six, and seven all have the same record as well. That's how tight the That's West is. That's how competitive the West is. The West is. Also, all one through eight in the West have above five hundred rating, uh, and that's not the case in the. <laughs> it's not the case in these. Um, yeah, the East is actually higher up. Than, than they thought. normally are. Yeah, they're normally usually like, it's like the the one and two or like, like way better than like or probably five and six normally in the West. Yeah. At, um, at six we got the Trailblazers. Trailblazers. Dame. Forty two and thirty as well. Yep. And then at seven, the, probably the most shocking the finish. Lakers after winning a title. Our seventh. Our seventh. And playing Golden State in the plan. And LeBron's in. Red hot. And LeBron's like not f- full capacity. Tweaked his ankle again. Anthony Davis has been getting beat up every game. That next game literally had him on the floor up. like yeah. 80%, 80% of the game. He had to. That's the only way they, they clinched that victory. And then 9 and 10, we got Memphis and San Antonio. So let's get into the games. What does all this what does this all mean? What is the plan? How does it work? So uh, it's different from the play-in last year. Uh, yeah. where the play-in last year was like the ninth seed had a chance to make it, and they did. It was the Blazers they beat. Well, then also they had a lot of teams had like three game or how many games was it to prove himself? Like if some teams, if they won all of them, they could have a chance to go into. Was oh, that- oh, you're talking about the bubble. Yeah. Yeah, that whole situation was like completely different. So we won't even like get into that. But this season, what they have, what they did was they're taking the top 10 teams, right, from each conference, conference have a chance or have a chance to make the playoffs, but the 1 through 6 are locked. Like they don't have to play in the plan. They earned a playoff spot and clinched, you know, a guaranteed ticket to the NBA's big dance. However, seven through ten, 
are in what they call the plan. Now, this is essentially like the NBA's version of the first four in the NCAA tournament. So, 9 and 10 play each other to play the loser of 7 and 8, and the winner of 7 and 8 gets the 7th seed. So, a lot of people think that this is unfair. Well, not actually, because whoever loses, if you're the 7th or the 8th team, you need to lose twice. You have to lose two games to be out. If you're 9 or 10, you got to win two games. Yeah, and if you lose one, you're out. And if you lose one, you're out. So, uh, in the West... And it's just one game, too. It's just one game. It's not a seven-game series. It's not like a two-out-of-three yeah. type situation. It's just winner-take-all type situation, which is why it's scary. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of possibilities. You have, you have injuries. But it have, makes it more competitive because it's like you can't not show it up. Makes you it can't more, hold back. It more makes it more technical. Well, yeah, you can't hold back yeah. at all. Yeah, there's no like holding back or you're going to lose. Yeah. Um, Especially for the ninth and 10th spot. So, right now, uh, in the East. So, tomorrow, uh, 5-18-2021, uh, the East is having their play-in tournament. Their first round, I guess. That's what we're calling it. The first round of the play-in tournament. Uh, and it's going to be Boston versus Washington and Indiana versus Charlotte. Now, my pick, I don't know about you, my pick for the Boston versus Washington, uh, Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook are just so no, red I, hot I right got now. The, I, I got the Wizards. So I got them like, winning by like 15 they're, points. They're like too hot. They came back from like, it's crazy how they're the eighth seed right now. They're going to win by like 15 points, I bet. Keep in mind, like a couple games ago, they were the 10th seed. They were literally 10. Yeah, they're fighting. Uh, and then before that, they were like 11 or 12. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning of the season, they were like 15. Well, didn't they get COVID or something? Yeah, they got COVID and like their whole team got shut down for like a month and they yeah. didn't have practices. They weren't even playing games. So they really got screwed by the whole COVID thing. But it was good to see them bounce back. No, it's this is why the playing thing, I think, is so cool. It gives those teams that go through that maybe like an say opportunity. They, I mean, to like say they didn't back. jump up to the AC and they're still tenth. You know, yeah. right now they're yeah, secured. Have, yeah. They still have an opportunity. Yeah. Um, and then it also gives a team like the Lakers, who fell also because of injuries. Yeah. An opportunity to like you know yeah. stay in because like imagine if they slipped to like nine and missed. Yeah, that would suck. That would suck. Um. So I've got Washington in that first game. Uh, I don't. I don't think Boston's gonna win. I don't even think it's gonna be a close game. I think it's gonna be like a fifteen point game. Uh, and then out of Indiana and Charlotte, I think it's gonna be a close game. But I think Charlotte pulls it out. Really, I think Indiana's got it. You think Indiana's got but it? I don't think Sabonis and Levert. Yeah, but I don't think this game don't even matter. I think Celtics are gonna beat yeah. either one of those teams. This game doesn't matter. I think it's a formality. I think the. I think that Boston finishes eighth, and then Washington moves up to seven. Yeah. Um, now we'll go to the West. In the West, um, it's just really who wants to. Play. It's gonna be Lakers, Golden State, and Memphis. Uh, San Antonio. Um, in an ideal world for me, uh, Golden State wins the wins the the Win. first playing game. Uh, so they get the seventh seed. 
and yeah, uh, I'll get into why in an ideal world in and like non- in my in, like in a non-biased podcast in my like NBA fantasy land that's like ideal for me. Um, so I'm gonna go ahead and say that I'm gonna say Golden State wins by three. I think Steph Curry pull three back. point dagger from Steph uh, to win that one and. Memphis San Antonio is going to be a tough game, and I don't necessarily know who's going to win the game, but I want San Antonio. It to depends win the game. who Pop decides to bench. <laughs> well, no, he's going to. I feel like no, he's everyone's going to play tomorrow. But or Wednesday. The thing about Memphis San Antonio, and the thing about like any Southwest division matchup, is that I think those are the best games in terms of like division matchups, like in the NBA. The Southwest Division, always, whenever they meet each other, it's always a grindhouse. Like, think about how many times growing up we've seen, like, the OT Memphis San Antonio series. Well, Zach, or like Zach the, and Tim Duncan battling. Well, like, outside of players. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, teams. Like, think about how many times, specifically in, like, 2014, I think the Spurs played Memphis and the games, I think, like, all of their games, which is four games, every single one of them went into overtime. Dang. And then same with like the Spurs and the Mavs. Yeah, it's yeah, always, always a battle. Play, they, we always play each other real. It doesn't matter if one team's real worse than the other. Like, it's like it's a, always it's a like good a, game. Yeah, it's like a, I want to I want to be the best team in the division type thing. Which this year was Mavs, but we'll leave that out because I'm gonna go ahead and pick the Spurs though. Um, so in that situation, in an ideal world, for me, Golden State beats LA. And then San Antonio beats LA. So those are my picks. Well, it Golden State just needs to beat LA up. I'm just saying right now, Golden State. I'm gonna like this is my no, no, and I agree with you. But like for the Spurs to like have a really good chance, we just gotta they gotta the Golden State needs to beat them up for us. Yeah, but the thing is, like outside of Draymond, I don't think. I mean, Draymond could. If they had Zaza Pachulia, they could really do it. Well, I don't think. Well, the thing, LeBron is like restricted. Is is he restricted tomorrow, or is he? I mean, he's gonna play. Yeah, I you know what I mean. Like, minutes restrictions are not gonna be a thing, especially if they start losing. Yeah, it's, it's not gonna be a thing. Um, because they like morally, you don't want to lose that Golden State game. No, you want to like clinch this victory. Then yeah. LeBron has a couple days to rest before. So. I've got Golden State over LA, and then LA, Memphis, San Antonio is like shoulder shrug. Like, let's see what happens. Yeah. Like, obviously, I think, like, obviously, everybody thinks that LA will win that game, but like, hey, Spurs, don't count out the Spurs. Yeah. Spurs can win the game. Spurs are fully capable of winning the game. Pop has played in the finals against LeBron James. He knows how to game plan and scheme for a LeBron game. Yeah. And he also knows how to hide his cards, so like to throw him something they haven't seen yet from the Spurs. So, with that being said, again, this is all theoretical at this point. After the plan, we'll get into like what's actually going to go down. But theoretically, we have Washington at seven, Boston at eight in the East, and then. In a perfect, we'll game. just say we'll just say the, the Lakers win yeah. the second game, yeah. just because like that's probably I, what's going to happen. 
Well, it's it's I think it's gonna be Lakers Golden State. It's more likely that that will happen. You know what I mean? Uh, so we'll just have Golden State at seven, and the Lakers at eight. eight. That yeah. We're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to uh, get into our first round predictions. Welcome back to Home Court Static. I'm Jackson. Cameron. Now let's get in to the juicy, juicy, juicy storylines that surround the playoffs. And specifically the first round of the playoffs. So we'll get into the 1-8 matchup that we have selected. Uh, 1-8 through our lens is Utah versus L.A which is going to be an amazing series if it is that because it's it's like the team that should have been number 1 yeah versus the team that is number 1 but is unproven because Utah's been good before right but they've never like proven that they can compete in the postseason so what an opportunity that would be to like take on the defending champ in the first round knowing that with, they should be the number 1 with their spot yeah yeah with their spot looking at them with their spot watching them in the play in Welcoming them, welcoming them to the series, like knowing that they've been in the plan, being able to say that on the court first, when you're talking yeah, shit, and first two games are, at your turf. Oh yeah, are in in Utah. So yeah, I think that's a seven game series. Uh, if it is LA, that's a seven game series. Um, Man, I think a lot. I think the Lakers would win it, but maybe Utah will shock us. But yeah, I think it's a seven. That's game a long. Series. That's a long road for the Lakers. We'll get we'll get into that in a second. So then the two and the seven would be Golden State Phoenix. And I think that's I just be, think that Golden State wins this series in like six. Just the way that like Curry's just like coming after everybody right now. And he's just and like the way he's playing, he's just like having fun. Like it's a pickup game. He literally plays that well. And beyond that Yes, of course. Like, Stephen Curry is like having an amazing season and he's like caught fire at the right time. Let's not forget that Kelly Oubre used to be on the Phoenix Suns, right? So, in a way, it's a bit of a like revenge game. And then also, let's not forget that Stephen Curry has Chris Paul's numbers. Every time that Chris Paul was on a good team like the Clippers, He'd come and he'd make a good playoff run, but then he'd hit Stephen Curry and the Warriors. Boom. Gets knocked out. Then he went to the Rockets. Hit Stephen Curry and the Warriors. Could never get past them, right? So then again, here we go. Stephen Curry, the Warriors on a rise. They've been First gaining round. all they've been gaining all this fucking all this momentum. Like they've had a crazy second half of the season. Yeah. They shouldn't even be there. Outside Stephen Curry, they have Literally nobody. Like, Draymond Green can't even really, like, offensively produce anymore. Great defender. Not knocking Draymond Green. But, like, his offense has slipped. But they've been learning. All these young cats on the Warriors have been learning all season from Steph and being motivated, like, mesmerized by Stephen Curry, Draymond, right? Even uh, Kevon Looney's been there. Steve Kerr. And... 
the the big difference for me is like outside of Chris Paul and Jay Crowder, right? Nobody really has playoff experience on that team. You know what I'm saying? Nobody has playoff experience on the team. They're all really young, right? Yeah. And those the playoff experience that they do have, they've lost. They've never won the finals. Curry and Draymond and Kevon Looney. Oh, they've right? been there. And Clay Thompson on the bench and Steve Kerr, right? They've won. They're there to they've push done them. it, man. They've done it. So, I mean, experience is going to be huge in this series. And I think, I truly think that the Warriors win in six. Warriors win in six. And what does that mean for Chris Paul? What would it do to him mentally if he loses again to Stephen Curry after taking another, literally like just uprooting the, like, the Suns weren't even in the playoffs last year. Yeah. And now they're the number two seed in the West. And then what if they lose to just Curry's some, Warriors without Klay Thompson? To somebody that shouldn't even be in the playoffs. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Denver, Portland. I think this is like a four, four or five game series. And I think Denver wins. No, no knock on Dame or anybody, but I just think Portland's a regular season team. Yeah, they, I think it's that simple. They don't they don't play well, just like the Hawks. And defensively, they just I don't think they can compete defensively. Yeah. And uh, who's gonna stop Jokic? He's just too. Smooth. Who's gonna stop MPJ? He's too smooth. Right, like no, but the thing is, he's like not. He's like so like gracious but like awkward like you yeah. watch it you watch him play and you're like that shit's not going in but then it hits like the bottom of that's net. smooth dude so i don't know about you but i got that being like a five game series denver's way i think what do you think just real quickly do you think the warriors beat the suns yeah i think they beat the Suns just because of the momentum like you're saying but like i think the suns have been kind of just chilling you know they haven't been like Revenue. The playoffs is a, a totally different spectrum. Oh yeah, and we we he, saw essentially the Grizzlies Warriors game that just happened. Yeah. Yesterday, I guess. You could tell Steph was ready, man. Forty six points, nine zero run at the end of the game. He hit three daggers in a row. Just to say what's up. <laughs> I would not want to be on that. On the receiving end of Stephen Curry. Like, you know what I mean? I wouldn't want to be, like, looking at Stephen Curry on the other side on a different team in the playoffs. Just wouldn't want it to happen. Yeah, he's hungry. And then with... But I I think it's going to go seven, though. I don't think six. I think Chris Paul is going to fight harder. You think Chris Paul... He is clutch. He's really clutch. I think his clutch stats... Him and actually Westbrook are, like, the, the league leaders in like clutch points yeah and field goal percentage in the clutch um <laughs> Dem- or Dallas Clippers I'm gonna let you go first on this one cause like I'm gonna give like I don't it's, it's just it's just impossible for me to not give a biased opinion on this so it, let's just hear it the Mavs just have to show like the Ma- the Mavs have gotten a lot better this season, showing up and like playing. 
like some like I don't know the playoffs. I feel like is different. Let's there's, just there's not that they're not that experienced. Let me tell they're you why. But not. Let me tell you why. This series, this series in particular, is the juiciest. Uh, close second is the uh, Phoenix Warrior series, and then really close third is the Utah Lakers series. But I'll tell you why Dallas Dallas Clippers is the juiciest series because they played each other in the last. There's history here, so they played each other last year. Six game series. KP gets ejected game one. Oh, yeah. Only plays three games, right? Only plays, I forgot about that. Only plays three games. Luka gets ejected in a game and also rolls his ankle in a game. Still oh. goes, still goes, hits that game winner to yeah, tie it at 2-2. Two, two. Like hobbling around um, like that face. Still takes it six games and Jalen Brunson didn't go to the bubble. Dwight Powell didn't go to the bubble. Willie Cauley-Stein didn't go to the bubble. Different and they've added pieces. And presumably KP's healthy and has learned his lesson and won't get a technical and won't play two games and then leave the rest of the series with knee soreness. Yeah. On top of that, the Clippers don't have Lou Will and they don't have Montrez Harrell, right? And they've been battling their own injuries, right? And... Paul George is notorious for not showing up in the playoffs. For choking. And it's juicy on top of that because Mavericks fans and the Mavs themselves don't like the Clippers because they hold the Andre Jordan fiasco. Yeah. So there's history there. No one likes that. And this is officially becoming a rivalry this year because they played them last year in the playoffs. And the juiciest of juice, Rajon Rondo is on the Clippers. Rajon Rondo walked out on the Mavericks in 2015. And this is like the Rondo-Rick Carlisle series. And then below it in small font is Luca Kawhi. But Rondo Carlisle, <laughs> this is what Mavs fans want. And like I think this series goes seven games. I, I want to say that the Mavs can snuff it out, but... I think that the Clippers probably win the series, but it's going to be a close series, and it's going to shock a lot of people how well the Mavs perform. No, they're looking. They look a lot better from like, and people don't realize how much Jalen Brunson impacts the Mavericks. He's like the fuel. He is like, like what I've watched in the Mavs. He's like the like the energy. He's the He's the spark off the bench. So, like, outside of Luka, there's no real playmaker slash ball handler on the maps. So, like, when Luka goes out, Jalen comes in and he sparks the offense. Well, we were having Trey Burke do that last year. And Trey Burke, like, no knock on Trey Burke, but Trey Burke is, like, not Jalen Brunson. Well, that's not Trey Burke's game, really. Exactly. Like, Trey Burke is a scorer. He doesn't, like, facilitate and, like, make the right decision. He literally is just going in to score. Um on top of that, we've added Josh Richardson, which ups our defense. Willie Cauley-Stein has been an amazing success story with the Mavs. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. having another amazing season. Tim Hardaway Jr. and Jalen Brunson both. Timmy's starting now, but before that, they were both up. They're both like in the running. They weren't going to win, but they were like in the running for six man of the year. Oh, wow. So, uh, 
the Mavs are a team to watch in the playoffs. Like, again, totally biased. What I'm saying is totally biased, but these are also like biased facts about what's going on. You know what I mean? Um, then we'll move over to the East, and we'd have Sixers, Celtics. Sixers. They're, Sixers win that. The Sixers are just... Plus, I, there's no Jalen Brown. So, like, that's like a five-game series. Yeah, maybe even four. Like, maybe even four. But, like, let's give them some... Yeah. Let's just give them a game. I don't want to, like, predict any sweeps, because, like, that's kind of... Like, yeah, that's mean. That's mean. Um, Knicks, Hawks. This is a six-game series that gives the Knicks way. What do you think? Yeah, or you got the Hawks. No, I don't like that. No. I think the, the Hawks, Hawks are good. They have the same record. Yeah, but I think the Hawks are a regular season team. I agree me. with you. And they always have been. Yeah. Um, Bucks Heat, I got the Heat in six. No, I got the Again. Heat too. I... And this is juicy because the Heat were the ones that bounced the Bucks last year in the second round. And the Heat are deceivably considered the lesser team because they're the six seed, but they dealt know. with COVID. They dealt with COVID too. Same thing. And injuries. And on top of that, they're the thing with the Lakers. And if you notice all the teams that made a deep, deep playoff run they're last year, beat, they're uh, all sub five. Oh, except for Denver, except for Denver. Denver. Like all the teams that made yeah. the conference finals, they've all like slipped. Like, Lakers are a seventh seed, right? Uh, Boston's going to be an eighth seed. Freaking the Heat are a sixth seed. You want to know why? It's because, like, they had to deal with that quick turnaround. Like, they're the ones that really felt that quick turnaround. Especially going from playing in the NBA Finals, giving it your, like, 150%. Especially since a lot of those games last year went seven games. Yeah, a lot of them. A lot of the series, for sure. Like at least six. Yeah, well, there's like how many ups, like three o upsets, like turnarounds were there, like three in a row. Yeah, something crazy like yeah. that. Um. So I've got the Heat, uh, and then the Nets are obviously. It's going to be a closer series than I think people are going to think. But what is interesting about that series that's is ju- it would be that's a juicy series. It, w- it would be. James Harden. It would be James Harden and Kevin Durant versus, versus Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal. And if you remember correctly, that didn't end well in OKC. And then Russ went to Houston to try and play with Harden. And then it didn't end well. So Harden made them trade yeah. Russ to the Wizards. Essentially, they were sending him to the Wizards to die. Like yeah. his NBA career was supposed to end after that. They like, weren't supposed to make the playoffs or anything. And here they are. Westbrook's a fighter, dude. Ready to roll. Um, so that, I mean, that game probably goes like six six games. It's going to be interesting to see the Nets in like a playoff atmosphere. Because like in the regular season, it's different. They're going to let you score more than they would in the playoffs. Well, also too, the Nets haven't played that many games. And also, altogether. I mean, I don't think that matters. I think before any of that, their health is what's going to matter. And they've been missing... To play into that, each one of them's missing. They're missing, missing. They're missing games because of it, quote unquote injuries. Like now, yeah. are they real injuries? Yeah, we don't, we know. don't know, but we'll find out. We're gonna find out. Yeah. And I know Russell Westbrook. He likes to throw his body into people. No, so we'll physical. see. We're gonna find out real quick oh, if those fuck. injuries are real or not. You know what I mean? Um, 
So that would be it. I would pick, just to recap, Utah Lakers. Lakers win that series. Uh, Mavs Clippers. Clippers win that series. Denver wins. Denver wins. Warriors win. And then in the East. Sixers. Then you got Heat. And the Knicks. And then... And then the Nets. Nets, yeah. So, once again, I got the Heat and the Knicks in the Eastern Conference Finals. And the winner of the Denver-Dallas series... Oh, I guess it's not the Denver-Dallas series anymore. This completely fucks everything up. Yeah. So, I kind of want it to be... It would be super juicy if the Western Conference Finals was Clippers-Denver. Yeah. That would be good. That would be a good, like, story. Um, so that's what we got. Um, again, like, this is all hypothetical until the plan is over, but I'm almost 100% sure that what I've said just now is going to happen in terms of the plan. Uh, and then I'm, like, 85% sure that my predictions will be correct. But you never know. It's the NBA. Anything can happen. There could be injuries. Especially this year. There could be like people not showing up in the playoffs. You never know what's going to happen in the NBA. Uh, But we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to briefly talk about uh, the Hall of Fame. And oh, wait, no. We're going to do, we're going to quickly talk about uh, regular season awards. And then after that, We'll wrap it up by talking by quickly addressing the Hall of Fame inductees that happened this Saturday. All right. So All right. We'll be right, be right back. Welcome back to Home Court Static. I'm Cameron. I'm Jackson. So let's get into it. Regular season has ended. Uh it was a good season. Uh, it was a physical season. They were able, yeah, it was a physical season. They were oh. able to bounce back from COVID, and finally, fans are starting to get into the stands. It's good to be, which you can tell the players are loving and they're enjoying it. Um, so let's just start off with MVP. Now there are a couple guys that uh, could win it. Now there's been talk about the way that the MVP award, the regular season MVP award has changed over the years. Now it's more stats based. It's more about whoever and Russell Westbrook really changed this when he averaged that triple double, but he had like a six or seventh seed thunder team, but they gave it to him because he averaged a triple double. Yeah. But he wasn't the like most value. He wasn't really the most valuable player. Um, if you want to go stats, Nikola Jokic is unmatched by anybody. He is having a monster year, and you know we got to give credit where credit is due. But that's not what the MVP award is actually about. The MVP award is about if you need to give the ball to somebody and you want to win a game, like on every facet possible, who is the best player that can contribute to their team. Like, if you pull them from the team, their team completely falls apart. And 
the, it's not who has the best stats, but who is who is the best player ooh, in the league and the most impactful and the most impactful. And if you ask me, this year I, I think the I MVP, Chris Paul. Chris Paul's up there for me. I, I think it's Chris Paul. Chris Paul is up there for me, but I have this is funny because I was talking about their beef earlier. I have Stephen Curry. Yeah, Stephen I, Curry. I, I I just think Chris Paul. But Chris Paul deserves an MVP. Just because what he's. It's just he's proven he can do this over and over. Chris Paul. I, I mean, I Curry. I will, it's Curry's yes, a different Paul. way that he wins MVP than Chris Paul. It's a. It's like a different. Can't really Chris Paul did go to the Phoenix Suns and completely change their situation. They went from, you know, fringe playoff team to the number two seed in the West. So I completely understand that argument. And I actually back that argument. But my initial choice was Stephen yeah, Curry or even Julius Randle, who I, I don't think is getting enough credit. In the MVP, and I don't think he should win it, but like he should be in the conversation, at least for MVP. It looked at like he's so composed right now. He he just is on another level. He's, he's a on a mission. He's um, on a mission. But okay, you got Chris Paul. Uh, just for some diversity, I got Stephen Curry. But I totally agree with you. Yeah. I totally agree with you. I thought you were gonna say Chris. Uh, I didn't even think about it, honestly. I was so set, like, because what Stephen Curry's doing, you know what I mean? It's amazing. It's next level. Like, that's the thing. The circumstance has to play part of it. Like, there's nobody on that team. Yeah. It's crazy. But, uh, okay, Chris Paul and Stephen Curry, most improved player is Julius Randle, hands down. And, like, that's what the media is going to say because, like, that's literally. I mean, look at him. Like, like, and his three ball. Most improved players definitely. 100%. 100%. It's Julius Randle, but I could see an argument for Michael Porter Jr. Because he's also been playing really, really out of his mind lately. Yeah. But, I mean, Julius Randle's like... He's dog. Michael Porter, if you can't see what I'm doing, but Michael Porter, you can imagine what I'm doing. Michael Porter Jr.'s here. And Julius Randle is like way up here. Um, So we agree. Julius Randle. Yeah, uh, for sure. Defensive player of the year. I'm going with my boy, dude. Who you Mr. Got? Jakob. Jakob Pearl? Yeah, dude. Yeah, he's been playing really, really good. And he's good. been playing some tough guy. Just because his size. He's not... Uh, most people don't know who Jakob Pearl is. But he's, he's on the Spurs. He's not, He's going to be all all defensive NBA. All NBA defense this year. Yeah. Uh, for sure. Um no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think I gotta go with. I don't know. There's some good defenders. There are really good defenders in the league. Because you could argue that, like, I mean, I guess I. You know what? Just for just for fun, I'm gonna pick the New York Knicks. The whole team gets a defensive. Event. Defensive Player of the Year award because like they've been next level defense this year, but if I had to choose someone, it'd probably have to be like Joel Embiid or something like that. Yeah, he's good, but he just hasn't been healthy enough for me to like. Yeah, say that. 
Um, all right, cool. Jakob Pertle. Joel Embiid. Uh, six man of the year is interesting because there are a lot of people. Yeah, I've um, stepped up. There is, I mean, for a while, Derek Rose was in the running for that. He might actually still qualify. Uh, Derek Rose. There's um, Jordan Clarkson, obviously. Uh, uh, for a while, Tim Hardaway Jr., Jalen Brunson, like I was saying. Uh, who else? Who else? There's another person. Um, I don't think there's six million left. Anyway, my, my pick is uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. I know he's been starting like the last couple games, but like pretty much the whole season. He was a, he was a six man and he would come off the bench and give us like 25 points. And literally like there was a stat for a while where like if he scored 25, we won. You know what I mean? Yeah. 25 plus, we won. Um, so I got Tim Hardaway Jr. I might, if Derrick Rose could win it, I think he deserves it because he's not only like being a player, but he's being basically what Chris Paul's done. That's what Derrick Rose is doing. And he's like changed his game to where it's not beat my body up like Westbrook. It's very composed. It's definitely more methodical now than and, like his explosive. And it's, like, and it's very neat to watch. Like Derrick oh, yeah. Rose is an animal right now. The New York Knicks are an animal, so, which is a good segue to yeah. coach of the year. I got Tom Tibbs. I got Tom Thibodeau. He's done a lot. Tibbs going to win it. If he doesn't win it, I'm going to protest. I'm going to go protest the award. Uh, Tom Thibodeau, what he's been able to do with the New York Knicks is next level. I think he like changed the way they're looking. Next level. They're a four seed in the East, right? They were projected to win... 22 games at the beginning of the season. They've won 41 games. They doubled it. 41 games. You're hearing that correct. They're the fourth seed in the East. You're hearing that correct. Julius Randle should be in the MVP conversation. You're hearing that correct. He's going to win MIP. You're hearing that correct. Derrick Rose has a case for six minutes a year. You're hearing that correct. This is the New York Knicks we're talking about. Where have they been the last 10 years? This is the New York Knicks we're talking about here. And they didn't do it like the Brooklyn Nets. No, Remember? Sure. Julius Randle gets tra- gets thrown away by the Lakers because they want LeBron James, right? He's on the Pelicans for a little bit. He leaves the Pelicans. He decides, oh, I'll go to the Knicks, right? Just like on a whim. He's like, oh, I'll go to the Knicks. Because the Knicks didn't have anybody, Right? Well, that was the best thing that ever happened to the Knicks. Julius Randle is on a next level. They got vets like Taj Gibson, Derrick Rose. Nerlens Noel is averaging like two and a half blocks a game. Their defense is next level. Tibbs went in there, and I don't know what he did. He just completely changed. He the changed the way they were looking. Like I think you just like changed their head. I just feel like they were on like a downward and he just like picked them back up. Like MSG and the Knicks are hot shit right now. That's like the NBA and the NBA like coverage is talking about Knicks positively. Yeah. That's crazy. 
They haven't made the playoffs since like 2013 or something like that. The last time they were in the playoffs, they were with Carmelo. It was like the Carmelo, Raymond Felton, Tyson Chandler, Mari Stoudemire oh, era. Wow. Like it's been that long. And even they weren't a four seed. You know what I mean? Yeah, they weren't that big of a competitor on in the East too. So that's what we got. Uh, for our regular season awards. Oh, executive of the year. There's executive of the year. Um, I think it's got to be, uh, it's got to be the Brooklyn Nets executive just because of like what they were able to do. They were able to convince all those players to come in and buy in to that situation. Um, so I'm gonna give it to whoever the whoever the GM is of the Brooklyn Nets. I'm not gonna try and remember what that is. But those are our regular season awards. We got Stephen Curry, Chris Paul, MVP, right? Yeah. Most improved player, Julius Randle. Sixth man of the year, I got Tim Hardaway Jr., Derrick Rose. Uh, Defensive player of the year, Jakob Pertl. Yeah, And Joel Embiid. Uh, And then... Coach of the year. Coach of the year, I got Tom Tibbs. Yeah. You got Tibbs, too. Yeah. Uh, just I think the Knicks should just win everything. And the Knicks are going to be playing the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals. So, I just want to say that again. I'm going to continue to say it. you get games? tired of is me saying that? Games? How many games? It's a seven-game series. Seven games? But I think the Heat squeak it out. Just because, like, the Knicks, like, dude, imagine if the Knicks get to the Eastern Conference Finals, right? This is the first year that this team's like been to the playoffs that would be crazy and then they'd be able to, like if they make the Eastern Conference Finals people are gonna wanna go that's what I'm saying yeah the Knicks have been turned around so their much their franchi- whole franchise has been turned around has been turned around that like free agents are gonna wanna go there now because they have a team they have a coach you know what I mean they have an infrastructure that like it's like a safety blanket. It's like, oh shit, this is working. Yeah, yeah, I'll hop on. Not like what it's been. It's been like a shit show the past like yeah. five, six, ten years. Getting random guys, like, just like that don't really fit. Yeah, the whole Phil Jackson KP saga. You know what yeah. I mean? Carmelo like getting blackballed by the league because of the Knicks. I don't know. It's gonna be interesting. But uh, we're gonna take a quick break, our final break, and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna quickly talk about uh, the Hall of Fame. Inductees, yes, sir. Uh, which who or who were enshrined this past weekend? Be right back. See you guys. What's your name? Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? Is he rich like me? Has he taken? Welcome back to Home Corp Static. I'm Jackson. I'm Cameron. Uh, quickly, just to wrap up this podcast, we're gonna congratulate. Uh, all of the Hall of Fame inductees. Uh, That's a huge honor. From this past weekend, which waited over a year <laughs> to yeah. be inducted because they were supposed to be inducted right before COVID happened and then the whole world shut down. And well, they, they, and then they wanted to give them the proper ceremony. Like they, exactly. They, they, like deserve, they, wanted, they, deserve, they wanted to do it the right way. Like, um, imagine you did your whole career. You've done all that. You've changed. You, you've impacted the world so much. And then you have to do it over a Zoom call, like that's or that, was that sad. Yeah. or like they give it to you, but you have to like you can't show love to anybody, and 
you can't have your friends and your family there to support you. So it's just, I understand. It would suck. Yeah, yeah. it would have sucked to be like that. On top of that, we lost Kobe. Yeah. You know, right before uh, he didn't even get to see this whole shit show. Among this class were um, Tamika Catchings, WNBA phenomena. Yeah. Uh, I'm forgetting her name. Uh, I could easily look this up, but we're running out of time here on the podcast. So uh, the head coach of Baylor. She was, oh, a, she was the coach, she was the lady coach that came into Baylor and like flipped their whole organization. Did what the and now they're, did. Now they're a, like a winning team. That She had that team with Brittany Griner that uh, went undefeated. Um, I'm forgetting her name. I can't remember what her name is. Um, the head coach of the Rockets, when they won back-to-back. Uh, Nikki Colon. Nikki Colon. Yeah. Uh, and then the head coach of the Rockets, the guy that said, never underestimate the heart of a champion. Uh, in his speech, I thought it was funny. He was like, get Robert Ory in the Hall of Fame. I mean, the dude's got seven rings. Come on now. Let's uh, let's get him in there. He even uh, he kind of started something juicy, going from the Lakers to the Spurs. Yeah. That was, that was interesting. Well, from the Rockets to the Lakers to the Spurs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, obviously, uh, Kevin Garnett. Tim Duncan and the late great Kobe Bryant. Uh, I thought that Vanessa Bryant's speech was very no, moving and it was, powerful. It was and, like almost perfect, and it was everything that you know everybody could have wanted. And Kobe, we miss you, man. Uh, it's just not the same. The basketball community is just not the same without you. Yeah, you know, present here, here yeah. like making things happening. You know seeing your face at games like you know what I mean uh you taught like me and I'm I'm sure Jackson like a lot of things like you know watching Kobe Bryant he didn't care he was gonna shoot he didn't care if he was gonna miss he was gonna try and will his team to win which like I can speak to like I don't think about you know if I'm gonna miss a shot or not when I'm on the court, like, you know what I mean? Because of Kobe Bryant, like, I just play to win. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and just that, like, competitive nature that Kobe brought, like, but just it, really instilled that in, like, that generation of kids that watched him play. It's that see, composed, that's why everybody's like, Kobe. Yeah, well, it's that competitive, or that like, composed competitiveness. He wasn't the, the dirty player, the player that, like, argued. He just played the game. He played the game, and he let you know that he knew how to play the game. Exactly, and he back he backfired. He it's weird because he he went from being loved, right, to being hated, then at the end of his career to being loved again. I and, mean, but the only reason people hated him though is because he was so talented. Well, he created that Black Mamba character, yeah. and, like really, like. Yeah. But he had to, he was something that he had to do to like to like focus yeah. in and do what he needed to do but the homie freaking dropped 60 points in his last, last game, game yeah on a team and won against a team that was literally needed to win that game to make the playoffs so that's crazy yeah. by the way that team was the Utah Jazz maybe they learned something from that <laughs> also you want to know who was on those teams you want to know who was on that last team that Kobe Bryant was on before LeBron James went and messed up the Lakers future the whole dynasty. Let's just go through the list. Jordan Clarkson, maybe the sixth man of the year this year, was on that team. Brandon Ingram, phenomenal player. Averaging, I think he's averaging like 27 and 
some crazy other number. Yeah. At least 27 points, right? These are like all-star players. Uh, Jordan Clarkson, Brandon Ingram, Julius Randle was on that team. It's a big team. D'Angelo Russell was on that team. Larry Nance Jr. was on that team. Larry Nance. We're talking about some hoopers, man. Like, that have grown. And, like, think about how all this goes. They learn that from Kobe. Now all you see, that now they you learn seeing from them, Kobe. We're seeing them blossom. We're seeing them blossom. They're taking what they've learned and they're running with it. Um, also in that class was, I mean, needs no introduction, Tim Duncan. Uh, well deserved. Me and Jackson are fortunate enough to uh, have grown up in the Tim Duncan era yep. in San Antonio. So, like, my childhood is like watching Tim Duncan hit. These crazy efficient bank shots, yeah, or from the left block, off one one footed three to win the game, or just like absolutely posterizing somebody, uh, or just watching like his like goofiness, like it was just this weird goofiness, like his character was just neat to watch. What's crazy is I feel like a lot of people that watch the NBA don't love Tim Duncan like the people from San Antonio love Tim Duncan. Just because, like, he wasn't a flashy player, and like, he didn't like. Well, you had to get to know Tim Duncan. Like the Spurs, well, that's you, what I mean. They were family. Them, so you had to get to know. You you just take Tim Duncan for granted because he had such consistent. He was able to do shit on such a consistent basis. Yeah. That like you just expected it from him. It wasn't like anything special, because it happened so often. You were just like, oh, yeah. Tim Duncan got another twenty ten and five game. Yeah. You know. What I mean? Back when it was a physical game. <laughs> Back when it was a physical game. Oh. And then Kevin Garnett, which, you know, uh, people from San Antonio don't particularly like well, Kevin Garnett. It's just Garnett. Be- it's because of the K- KD, Tim Duncan matchup. Like, they, they, that was kind of at the beginning when Tim Duncan was more in his prime. That was our, like, matchup. Yeah, that was our rivalry from San Antonio game. San did not like. Kevin Garnett. It's it's uh, also the like the the Spurs the way they play, and the way that Kevin Garnett played this like crazy, just like real flashy player. It was just that's not what the Spurs did. So it, it just looked a lot different. Big mouthy, yeah, like in your face guy, like that could shoot the ball. Shoot the ball. That man, guy he could was na- shoot he the was ball, nasty. man. Nasty. And if think about it, if like the coaches now. Had KG, they would have taught him to shoot threes. Oh, easily. But that wasn't the game. That wasn't the game back then. They would have never thought to do that. On top, on top of that, we're talking about we're talking about players here. These are three players that were all NBA defenders multiple years. So these are all two way players. And then if you throw K- KG out of the mix, no knock on KG. We're talking about. Two players that spent their whole career, literally two players that spent 18 plus years on one team and each won five rings and made it six times to the finals and won five times. (coughs) That's crazy. That's greatness. That is literally legendary stuff. That's greatness. That is being a Hall of Famer. In every asset of the word. Aspect of the word. So, 
that's where we're gonna leave it uh, thank you for listening to Home Court Static I'm Jackson I'm Cameron we'll be back after the plan after the second playing game on Wednesday uh, after to the discuss how the Warriors absolutely spanked the Lakers and what happened to the Lakers alright thank you for listening to Home Court Static peace out Thank you.